Let's go talk to Graham Couch, opinion maker, Lansing State Journal, Couch in the Room podcast. Search that, download it, wherever you download podcasts, he is standing by. And uh, Graham, I can say with a straight face, nobody saw this weekend coming. Yeah, no, I mean, it. Uh, we had a little bit of a, a heads up that through, uh, you know, the USA Today Network that something was 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 in the works, but I don't think we knew it was going to be this weekend, not like this, and not to this extent, you know. So, um, it's certainly, uh, yeah, one of the one of the bigger, crazier stories that I've that I've covered in, in my time covering sports, and um, yeah, I did. You know, the Mel Tucker era, which not long ago looked like you know had some promise still, and uh, now you start over. Yeah, two and oh, 95 million dollar deal being courted by LSU, who eventually turned to Brian Kelly when. Ishbia, another big booster, stepped up and gave Mel $95 million bucks, and then the struggles of last year and then a lot of anticipation that a bounce-back year was needed. Uh, you wrote that column that even before the announcement came from Alan Heller and the Michigan State leadership that you thought he had coached his last game uh, in East Lansing. I don't see how he ever could resume taking over that football program and there's two sides here now, short-term, long-term. Uh, where does Michigan State football go from here? Yeah, well, in the, in the short term, obviously, it's Harlan Barnett. You know, they're bringing back D'Antonio as an advisor. But the staff will really be, you know, Harlan Barnett leading the same staff. And uh, it'll be, uh, I mean, this is a, a, a job, a, a dream that Barnett has always wanted to be the head coach. He didn't want it like this. But this is probably his best opportunity. And, you know, he is somebody that I think if you go back to the late in the D'Antonio era when he left to go to Florida State, uh, when, when Barnett left to go to Florida State to be the defensive coordinator, I, I think the, the, the dream was that he would go down there, have a couple successful years, and when D'Antonio retired, he would be sort of a natural heir apparent at Michigan State. And obviously, it was a disaster at Florida State, and uh, that didn't happen. Um, but, uh, you know, this is his shot. It's I still think it's much more likely that they go outside the program at the end of the year, but it's not one, two, or three games. He's got 10 games to show that he can lead a team through difficult circumstances. And if they're able to keep players focused, keep them in the program, and win more than maybe expected, and, and, and it feels like things are trending up, like there's really good vibes at the end of the year, and people feel good about that staff and with him leading it, then he'll have a shot to, to keep the job. And so I think that's what, if you're him, that's what you're trying to do. Grandma, let's go back to the timeline here with Michigan State. Mel Tucker, the complaint, December last year. I know in your story and Alan Howler at the press conference yesterday, short answers, but um, met the media. And July, they got word of the hearing. They also said they had not seen the findings in the report, which kind of changed the story uh, in a different direction. Uh, what are questions you still have that if you could get all the answers right now, Graham, for the ultimate column on the timeline of the end of the Mel Tucker era, what are loose ends, uh, open-ended questions, or just big question marks you have right now connected to everything you've heard since the story broke early Sunday morning? Well, it, it's, it's who knew what, when, and uh, to what degree. And, uh, that, that's the big one because and this is where MSU did not help themselves and they needed clarification from their PR people. And from what I understand is from, from other conversations today with some of our reporters and uh, people in leadership over there, this has been a little more clarified, but the, um, the idea that just because they were aware of a, 
aware of the, the, the complaint, and, um, but does not mean they knew the details of it. And what they really needed to, to sell on that press conference, because they had a chance to really get people confident in how they were handling it, and, and, and I think they missed that opportunity, was that, you know, part of being a new MSU is, is um, Teresa Woodruff, the interim president, said, is to, to have this sort of proper Title IX um, investigation where there is separation in terms of who knows what, and you're not supposed to, the bosses of people aren't supposed to know, and, and that's just the way it works. And it's, uh, the MSU has struggled with Title IX cases in the past. There's a, a number of cases, and that's why people don't trust them right now. Um, but there is, you know, it, it's really who knew what when, because, you know, if, if you know that there is a complaint, but you don't know that it's Brenda Tracy, and you don't know that it's, uh, you know, any of the details of it, it's very hard to suspend a coach at that point, knowing it's a four or five month deal. You don't, it's not a criminal case. Um, you don't know any of the, the details of it. You're aware of it. And then uh, when the findings came back, I'm not sure why it took quite so long. There's supposed to be four or five months comps. Uh, but end of July, when they when the report is submitted, um, I, you know, to what degree they knew then, which I still don't think a lot. Well, my understanding is they learned a lot from the USA Today story on that Sunday. And um, because my also understanding is that Brenda Tracy's original hope was that this would go all the way to the hearing before it became public. She did not want this to be, uh, you know, adjudicated out in the public and in that. But it became something where the story was going to break elsewhere, and and she, you know, wanted didn't want a lot of different sources or miss, you know. So I think that, that because she had been working with USA Today, and and so I, I think there are a number of uh, you know, the big thing for me is who knew what when, and um, and what else, you know, what 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 all do they know about Tucker, and should have this been taken care of before now. Graham Couch, Couch in the Root podcast, opinion maker, Lansing State Journal, joining us on the huge show across Michigan, talking about the suspension of Mel Tucker. Uh, so that hearing will be private. It's not going to be an open court or even comparable to Nasser. There is separation that I've mentioned on air uh, immediately that this story is not connected to Nasser. I know uh, the survivors, some of them, and groups connected to Nasser spoke out, including Rachel Denhollander. Uh, who just talks about a process and a system, which I guess we won't know till we know on who knew what, when. And it goes back to what you just said at the beginning, Graham, that is there a system right now at Michigan State that says, okay, you get an allegation or a complaint, Title IX, anything sexual. Uh, It's A, B, C, D, E. This is how it works for the janitor to the head coach, right? That's correct. Now, now, some things aren't always uh, identical. Like they went with an outside Title IX investigator here, and I think that may have been partly investigated, uh, you know, requested by Brenda Tracy, but also, um, I, you know, that was some high-profile situations that sometimes happens. Um, but so, so not everything is identical, and because you know, Mel Tucker is not the janitor, right. um, you know. But it's, I mean, you, you think about this. Think about timing of things. So, say you. And this is this is not how it works. But say in, de- in December you find out there's a Title IX complaint against him, but you don't know any of the details. But you decide that's enough. We got to suspend him. But you don't know if you're eventually going to fire the guy or what's what's going to come out of that. You don't know what the complainant is or who the complainant is or, 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 or all that much information. You suspend him. It's going to take four or five months. You miss all of J- January recruiting. You miss all of spring football practice without your head coach. 
Like it doesn't. There's some, there's some realities. Now that said, I also have an, an issue with a system that where to be fair to two parties, to be fair to Brenda Tracy and Mel Tucker, which is great, and I agree with. You screw over a hundred young athletes who are football players who didn't sign up for this. And now I don't know that the timing could have been much better for them anyway, uh, because it was going to be disruptive. However, whenever it happened. Um, and, and I, in some ways I think this sort of works in, in, in one way that, I mean, they're still going to be able to get in the transfer portal if they want and leave, but a lot of them are now going to have at least 10 games or once he's officially fired, whatever, how many games left, they sort of have a new data point about Michigan State. Do they want to be there? Do they want to transfer? Whereas a lot of times when something happens and a coach is fired, that's the last data point. It's, okay, do I want to play for this new guy? I don't know. Do I want to be here? I don't know. All I know is it's going to be different. And so now they're at least going to have a season together and with this coaching staff to sort of figure it out for themselves. Graham Couch, uh, well done, my friend. Appreciate your opinions, your work. Lansing State Journal, also Couch in the Room podcast. We'll talk soon. Sounds great, Bill. Take care.